Last time on Day Players. 1970s D&D fantasy world. A fictional organization that deals with supernatural scary things. You are squatted up together. Banadin Breakstone, Dwarf Cleric, Joseph Thorne, Human Druid. My extremely mortal character is Derek Blue. Anomalous location 03116, a regular house in the suburb. Primary objective, investigate potential risks. Secondary objective, recover bodies of Neptune Squad if possible. Basement is filled with dozens of rolled up rugs. As it unrolls, occult symbols rolled up inside a body. Lesser cult, they believe evil is everywhere. Every object has a spirit. And all those spirits are evil? Ill-animated. Ill-animated. Door at the top of the stairs, slowly trying to close. I order you to not close that door. The door closes. Oh my god. Derek will sprint up the stairs and do the the classic horror movie. (laughs) Try to open the door. The door actually opens. Oh. Well, I I shouldn't have been so spooked. Is there anything Mm. on the other side? Not immediately when you uh, look out right in front of you. Derek considers the fact that this door just closed itself and now he can't see anything. He steps, takes a couple steps back down the stairs and gently closes the door again. <laughs> Great. I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure I'll be able to open it again. <laughs> Fellow agents, I do believe that there may be another entity affecting change within the house. You might have noticed the door just closed itself. I think we should raise the alert level to two point five. Or whatever the scale is, I don't quite recall. I mean, Blue, did you ever think that the door closed because something nefarious is trying to keep us down here? I did consider the possibility, sir. But I also considered the possibility that said nefarious entity is still on the first floor, sir. And I did not want to face it alone with just my flashlight, sir. Understood. Okay, so if I assume that each carpet has a body in it, how many carpets are there? I said dozens before. Let's actually say 15 or 16. Okay. So uh, enough to account for the squad that went missing and other people. Oh, totally. Because the squad only lost three people. I wonder if these are the remains of Incident Alpha Beta 3 and 04 Epsilon, hmm. which were referenced in the dossier earlier. Well, I am a little, uh, a little nervous that opening up one of these rugs caused such a reaction, but... Uh... We might have to just open up another. I think we need more information. I suppose at the very least we need to identify the members of Neptune's squad. That is our mission. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's start cracking these rugs open. There's like, there's various sizes, right? So I think we should probably go for like more elven sized rugs. Yeah, the tall taller rugs. ones. <laughs> so you grab a taller one, you roll it out. Same deal. Smells bad person decomposing into the rug yeah this is an elf whether it's neptune squad you got a way to figure that out i guess not since they're you said they were all naked so they wouldn't have any other stuff what if we all have our agent our agent code tattooed on us oh yeah would there be some sort of brand or tattoo for specifically these situations there's not like a lot of skin left Okay, we can't just unfurl like 15 rugs. Then it's just going to be a bitch to clean up. Maybe and, while Thorn I mean, is unrolling one, I'm like rolling back up the first one that isn't an elf. 
There you go. Oh, man. The other reason I was sort of unrolling bodies is that I do have a spell where I can return a dead creature to life if they haven't been dead longer than 10 days. So I was kind of trying to see if there was any like fresh corpses. Ooh, that's that's great. That's an excellent, excellent idea. Sweet. Yeah, perfect. All right. So yeah, you guys, uh, you are going through rugs. As you're rolling them up, you notice that they seem to be easier to roll up than they were to unroll, almost as if the rug is helping you a little bit. Weird. <laughs> mm. You do find a fresher body. Banadin, still very screwed up because of all the sacrificial uh, mutilation stuff. Yeah, I do want to like touch on some of the details of Ray's Dead, which is a fifth level necromancy spell. It closes all mortal wounds, but it does not restore missing body parts. So hmm. if the creature is lacking body parts or organs integral for its survival, its head, for instance, the spell would fail. Head's there. Head's uh, there. It okay. looks like you can do it. I think I got a... I think I got myself one I can can raise up and ask some questions. It's going to take me a bit of time, though, so why don't you two uh, go upstairs and just make sure nothing's screwing with us closing that door. Y yes, I would prefer not to go up there by myself. Yes, the mystery. It envelops us. Breakstone, are you sure you're going to be okay down here with all this? Blue, you should be a little more concerned for yourself. Ouch. <laughs> So I promise you I am plenty concerned for myself, but orders received. As this is going on, the last rug that you unfurl, uh, Joseph, is actually empty. This one, it is still hungry. Oh. Yeah, I'd, I'd uh, give that one a wide berth. So I guess we head back, the two of us head back upstairs while Breakstone keeps, uh, or tries to resurrect this body. So looking at the fresher corpse, as a priest of Illmater does, I have red cord wrapped around my hands. So I unravel the red cord and I hold it in my open palm, just in a pile as I'm knelt by this body and I, I start praying to myself. I'll do that for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I turn to, to Agent Blue. This magic is old. Powerful and time intensive. Let us perhaps discover the source of the pain. And then I will cast Locate Object because I'm going to assume mm. that there was a ritual dagger or ceremonial weapon of some kind. And normally with Locate Object, it needs to be something you're familiar with. But I think that since I'm familiar with the religion, that I would have knowledge of what to look for. Yeah, totally. So how, how does Locate Object manifest itself for you? I will hold a stone bowl in my hand, and I will put just one droplet of water in the bottom of the bowl, and then that will act as my little compass. Ooh. The gravity on the drop of water, you know, changes based on which direction to go. Yeah, so it slides around the bowl. So you drip the drop from somewhere. I, I grab one of my dreadlocks and I squeeze oh, out God. a dirty <laughs> droplet. <laughs> All right. That's the, foul. The dirty droplet. Well, you are standing in a body pit. All right. The dirty droplet true. falls into the bowl. It gets settled and then it creeps up the side, 
pointing towards. I mean, I does it do 3D? It's it's kind of hard to um, do 3D in the bowl, but it's yeah. Let's let's say that it just points toward what I would consider to be the way forward. So if yeah. it was upstairs, it should be pointing to the staircase. Yeah, it's oh, I see. Points the way. Then yes, it points towards the staircase. All right, Agent Thorne. I won't lie to you. I'm very nervous to discover what made the door move earlier on, but it can't be worse than standing down here with this pile of carpet bodies. Yes, the door, the symbol of a gateway. Well, in this, in this instance, that's a, I think it's a literal a literal gateway, not so much a symbol. <laughs> I just start walking upstairs okay, we're going in the ahead. middle of our conversation. No, I like that. I imagine you're like, you're like, door, a symbol of a gateway, and you're like, as you open it. And I just go to just it. Go. Yes. <laughs> as, as we're going, I'll just turn, look over my shoulder and just say, Agent Brightstone, are you sure you're okay down here? I stopped praying. Again, Blue, I I feel like I'm totally fine down here. Watch your back. Watch Thorn's back. We got this. Derek will cast his gaze over the many corpses. <laughs> <laughs> the many oh, presumed 15, corpses, actually. you know, because they're all they're all it's all wrapped up. Yeah, right? yes, but he knows they're in there. <laughs> okay, Agent Brightstone, whatever you say. And I'll go catch up with Agent Thorne. Are you going to close the door behind you again? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. I think we, so. Let's get up to the top of the stairs. I'll turn back, grab the doorknob, and then I'll, I'll look down uh, as you are praying for privacy. Close door. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. How thoughtful. Okay. Uh, you guys are now upstairs. Why don't you make a perception check? Both of us? E- yeah, either. either. Actually, you know what? Yeah. I'm focused, I'm focused yeah, on focused. locate object. I think just uh, yeah. t- Agent Blue should do it. Then let's make a roll. Oh, that's a three total. Three, yeah. No, everything seems the same. Well, I don't see anything up here that was any different than it was before. All right, so the drop of your, uh, your, your dread juice orbits around and uh, points you towards the living room. Mm. The living room the place where the hunters dwell uh, you know i've spent a lot of time in a living room i don't know that i've ever seen a, a lot of hunters in there so you, you go into the living room the droplet points you towards an end table at into one of the couches and there are drawers on the table yeah mm, i figured okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense i'll point over and look at at derek there Tools will be in there. In the in that end table? Wait, when you say tools, you mean like the tools that were used for whatever happened downstairs? Hmm. Ritual. Okay, well, let me just uh extract the evidence. I'm gonna put on some blue latex gloves. <laughs> Little gloves just oh, in yeah. case. <laughs> Gotta get put on the blue latex gloves. Okay. Here we go, Derek. And he will inch forward, and he will gently open up the drawer on the end table. In the drawer are a bunch of knives. They got a pretty big handle, but then they are pretty short but wide, and they all look like they've been 
they have they have like almost a f- not a not quite a flat end, but it's a very shallow angle, so it looks like they kind of been broken off at the end. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The, but it looks like they were made that way. It's like a sword with blade with an yeah. almost sword sized handle, but a knife length. Yeah, mm. that tracks. A tool, a tool for blood. Exactly. It would be very bad to fight with. Is it? Are these bloody? No, they are very clean and all mm. nicely arranged. Well, Agent Thorne, I, I suppose we, there are some tools in here, but at the very least, they don't look like they've been used recently. Derek will pull one out and sort of uh, inspect it in the in the flashlight. Flashlight light. Yeah, it's got the markings on it as well, but it's not it's not gross. It's not gross markings. The markings of the the cult? Yeah. Religion. I got a 15. These are indeed uh, sacrificial knives. What they are for is puncturing the body in a way in which the soul can leak out and be <clears throat> absorbed into something else. Okay, so it bleeds out their soul. That's interesting. Yes. You, you picked one up, right, yeah. Derek? Yeah. Okay. I will walk over, take the knife from Derek. I'll point to the symbol and like the blade and kind of outline it with my finger. Big blade for soul magic. Need big hole. I thought there hadn't been any confirmed cases of soul magic in over 300 years. Well, you haven't read the redacted files. These things gotta come in. I'll press the blade. (laughs) I I, I put it like, you know, like I hold it up to your your chest. Like in a handing it to you type motion. Yeah. And I say... Need these. If soul come out, make new hole, soul go in. <laughs> oh, that's that's not so bad. Just one out, one in. All right then. <laughs> and uh, Derek will get to work uh, putting each of this set. Of, how many knives are there, Pax? Let's say there's eight knives. That's a lot of knives. Okay. Put each of them in a a reinfor- what amounts to a reinforced ziplock. That will hopefully keep these soul knives. <laughs> Man, gotta keep these soul knives under check. <laughs> uh, and under control, yeah. And I tuck those all into my... Uh, I, I like the idea of it being a briefcase. Like a briefcase okay. for, like, evidence, for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Then, as you turn around, you notice the fridge is kind of in the middle of edge of the kitchen now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thorn, did you move the fridge when you were up here earlier? No, I know how to use fridge. You pull door, you close door. It is the first thing I ta- I was taught. I'd say you have a firm grasp on the use of a fridge, which means you also know that they are not prone to movement. Hmm. Yes, they are very heavy. Are there any like books, uh, in in, in like the living room, or just something hard? Uh, yeah, let's say there's a coffee table book of, um, it's, it's like fucking, it's like flowers. It's different. It's different flowers you can put in your, in your flower box and do fun arrangements. Totally, totally not related to what goes on in this house. I'm sorry. Uh, James Pennyworth, author of this, uh, North America's guide to flower arrangement. (laughs) 
I must borrow your services. And I'm going to just hoist the book at the fridge. Just kind of give it a, not like a baseball pitch, but throw it hard enough to like whack the fridge. Yeah. Just see. Give it a good toss. Give it a good toss. It sails through the air and bounces off the like freezer door. It's one of those freezer on top ones. Yeah, sure. As it hits the freezer door, the freezer door reacts and it, it pushes back, flips open real fast and tries mm-hmm. to knock the book back at you. But <gasps> it's a freezer door and a giant fridge and it didn't roll very well. So, <laughs> But it hits the book with a lot of force and the book slams into a wall and like bounces across the room. Oh my god. Agent Thorne, did you see? Mm, yes. Somebody booby-trapped that fridge. No, no. It's no. evil fridge. Oh. E- evil fridge, yes. Oh, that tracks as well. <laughs> well, finally, something I know how to handle. And I will pull out my big old sword. And it's I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut this fridge in half. Okay. <gasps> Down the middle or crossways? Are you going to separate the freezer? It's got to be crossways. It could be two different entities on top of each other. Yes, exactly. You don't want to let the freezer loose. Exactly. Well, let's see how you do. Well, that is a natural one. Natural, baby. He's a natural. (laughs) I'm a natural. First hit on the job. (laughs) That's rough. How are you attacking this thing? Like running up to do a slash? Yeah, running up, going for the baseball swing. I think you either, which would you do? Would you like trip or would you like lose your weapon? I think lose the weapon. His hands are sweaty. Okay, (laughs) so the sword slips out of your hands and buries itself halfway through the door to the downstairs. Oh, shit. Let's real quick cut back to... please. Banadin. What does this look like from my perspective? Uh, you hear a, a thunk, you know. The sound of a, of a big-ass sword sliding cleanly into a wood door. Okay. I think my response to this is going to depend on how well I'm doing with the spell. If it's sort of like a the soul is not going to come back into this body sort of situation, I'm wondering if I can tell that early on. Hmm. Interesting. You know? As long as it doesn't get into my little sphere of prayer, I'm not that concerned. I bring my awareness back into the present moment and kind of hearing what's going on now, but I'm confident in Thorn and Blue's ability to handle it. Okay, so back upstairs, you have thrown your sword out of your out of your baseball swing. What now? The fridge, it's still standing there at the edge of the kitchen, like the edge where the carpet starts. My God, Agent Thorne, did you see? It possessed my sword. This is no normal foe. And I will pull up my crossbow and unload several bolts into the fridge. Isn't it your gun? I mean, my gun. You're right. Please be gun. I will unload my magic gun and shoot this fridge. (laughs) Eight total. I mean, it's a fridge, so guess what? It doesn't have fast reflexes, so Mm -hmm. you shoot it, but also the bullets don't really do much damage. You punch a couple of holes in in the fridge door, but it doesn't go all the way into the inside. Now, I should mention the fridge is blocking you. I figured, right? I can't get to my sword. You guys can't get to anywhere. You're in the, you're in the living room. 
and no no reaction from the fridge on me shooting it several times or at least no no visible reaction you shoot it several times like a like a half second later then it flips the door open to like try and bounce the bullets off like it did with the book but <laughs> but it's much slower than bullets what do you think agent thorn did i get it well Who's, whose turn is it? Is it is it going to be me or is it going to be the fridge? Uh, the fridge is going to defer. So <laughs> the fridge defers. The fridge. The fridge just sits there. It's okay. This device. It is of this world. You cannot use your own weapons. It must be culled by nature. And I'm just going to cast heat metal on the fridge. Ooh, nice. Oh, nice. Because in my mind, the only natural destructive force is fire. So let's burn it up. All right. Like so choose a manufactured metal object, such as a metal weapon or suit of armor that you can see. It glows red hot. Any creature in physical contact with the ob object takes 2d8 fire damage when you cast the spell. I mean, it is a manufactured object, even if it is possessed. So it immediately takes 2d8, so seven damage. How do now you cast fridge, it? I hold up an iron ring, and in my hand, the iron ring starts to glow, like as if it were in a forge, but it doesn't burn me. And as the ring starts to glow hotter and hotter, you see the fridge also just start to reach that, that heated metal, fiery red color. Mm. So it's like I'm... It's like, you know, I'm concentrating on the metal connection. Yeah, yeah, I like it. The fridge does not like this. It starts to get, you know, it starts to glow red hot and it does kind of like a shift left, shift right. Like it's looking, like it's looking around. <laughs> oh no. Can I say that, can I say that ice and water start to pour out of it because it's getting super heated? <laughs> oh yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, the and, and in fact, because remember earlier it was filled with like meats. I was thinking so, about that too. Ooh, delicious cooked meats. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, you start to smell the, the but the meat has been cooked too fast. Like you're burning the outside and the inside has of the meat hasn't even gotten properly mm. thawed yet. Mm. So it starts to freak out and it suddenly <laughs> moves across the floor all the way back from the living room into like its spot where it was and it moves really fast Ooh. And, and it like looks around and it's still turning red and, and, and glowing and getting hotter and hotter and it, oh, yeah. it looks around and it looks up at you with your, with your standing there with your ring in the living room and it blasts forward at a, a scary speed like and when it hits the carpet in the living room it gets slowed down a lot which is why it was hanging out in the kitchen because it's hard to move a fridge on carpet and <laughs> uh, it's like a ship hitting some big waves splits the carpet little carpet threads and and fluff and stuff start flying it loses a lot of momentum and it's gonna try and just ram right into you it's okay. succeeded i will immediately take 2d8 fire damage because any creature in physical contact with the object takes 2d8 fire damage five seven so i immediately take 12 damage and onto that an additional 
14 damage. All right. Were you in the middle of the room? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It slams into you and knocks you back onto the couch in a, in a heap. Your bones rattle, the ones that are outside your body. Right. <laughs> and then, because I took 26 damage, I have to do a constitution or a concentration save for half of that at 13. Mm. I fail. I only got a 12 total. So, mm. the spell also dissipates. The fridge cools yeah. off. <clears throat> Damn. Okay, back downstairs, there's some very loud bangs coming uh, through the, the ceiling, but you said you're unperturbed. Necromancy is kind of like a dark magic, and I think to make this fit a priest who does not want to cause undue suffering only will kill and inflict pain to like great evil or in protection or whatever. So I sort of decided that in order to kind of get around that, to use Illmater to revive something from the dead, you kind of have to promise a bit of protection to the soul that you're bringing back, even if they're evil. Oh, um, I, I like that. You bring them back and then you also have to not kill them. That's part of the deal. I, I'm finishing up. I sort of have this chant that I'm doing over and over. It's four lines, but then as I'm nearing the end, I just, I'm saying the last line over and over. So it kind of sounds like this. Though in death, suffering be done, I summon that which is gone. Protection, I promise my axe and my shield, but in the broken God, soul and body are one. And I'm just saying, in the broken God, soul and body are one. I'm just shouting that, which I'm not going to do in, in character voice. <laughs> At some point I say, in the broken God, soul and body are one, and there is some sort of reaction. The soul of the person, if you're, you know, bringing them back. So it, it has been flowing out of them into the carpet, and now it's flowing back the other way. And that's a slow process, but you do this for a while, and then eventually, yes, they come back, and they don't really open their, they don't open their eyes, but they start to <laughs> shiver. I don't know if I have like a torch or something because I, I assume I, I know it's going to take a second for this person to kind of like come to the, their senses um, so I would love to find something to warm them up though or cover their naked body oh yeah I mean they're not so much it's not like a strictly cold shiver it's like a, I'm a corpse I'm all I'm a, I'm a scared, screwed up corpse. Is there a sheet or something? Because I, I did just remind myself that this person is in fact naked. There's not really much in this basement. There's a nice warm carpet. I, you yeah. know, I... Yeah, there's a carpet. <laughs> don't, don't we have like in the emergency bags, the like the little tarp and the little blanket that folds oh, yeah. up into like a little corner? Yeah, I, I bet we, we carry around something for any like victims we might find like some sort yeah. of blanket yeah, that sounds good i don't say anything yet though unless um they open their eyes or show consciousness they still don't open their eyes but they're shivering and they go where am i where am i it's all right sister i i, I know that that this is frightening but it, it's okay you're safe and uh 
and it's all gonna be okay. I'm saying, am I, am I dead? No. You aren't, I don't wanna be forthcoming, so no, I just uh, say no. No, yeah. perfect. Yeah, <sighs> no, you're, you are very much alive. Who are you? You can call me Vanadin. And uh, I don't, I don't want to, to cause you any undue suffering and, and make you think about things that I'm sure you might want to forget. But I do have some questions for you, if you're willing. Uh, uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah, sure. Sure. Do you, uh, do you remember the last thing that happened to you? And she's like, I was stabbed. Like it's coming back all of a sudden. I was stabbed here. And she points down to like lower rib cage stab. And then here. And there's another stab (laughs) in the side. Which the wounds have closed. So I don't know if she's freaked out about that. Oh, did you heal him up? Yeah, so that's what happens. Like wounds will close. Um, oh, that's oh, just like for sur- like I think back? surface level wounds like that. Yeah, because I guess like the idea is that I'm a cleric in the life domain. I'm sort of like healing them. It's just like a really epic kind of healing. Oh, um, you you pull uh you pull uh, uh, a princess bride on them. They're just mostly dead. Yes, exactly. So it's ten days. They're mostly dead, and, and you know I can heal them. Um, Mostly. Barring any crazy magical things or, or weird poisons or more complicated Damn. stuff. That's a, that's a high level spell, isn't it? That's cool. Fifth right. level. Yeah. Her eyes are still shut. But yeah, I guess she feels around and there's no wound there. I, I was stabbed here. Okay. It's, uh, it's okay. Do you, do you know your name? Rathina. R- it's like Athena with an R. There you go. Yeah. Rathina. Rathina. Okay, Rathina. Can you tell me how how you got here? Here in this house? Yes. And then we're going to cut back upstairs to Fridgetown. You are now in initiative. Yeah, let's do it. Agent Thorne, don't worry, I'm coming. And he's going to run to... Because now the fridge is no longer blocking the way. He's gonna run and retrieve his big old sword out of the door. And I, I assume this is a pretty small space, so he's gonna come back for the hack and slash. 17. Yeah, this is like a gelatinous cube kind of situation. It's not hard to hit. You do hit it with a 17. Yes. And I'm doing this as a two-handed, so it's 1d10. A whopping a nine of the damage. Uh, nine damage, you say? Okay. I do say. It's got the radiator on the back. Yeah. And you slice into the radiator and the coolant comes blasting out in a cool Empire Strikes Back cloud. I know exactly what you mean. It starts to, yeah, it starts to fill the uh, the kitchen. Not in a way that's going to, like, obscure your vision. It's time for you to cool down. And I'm taking a, my multi-attack. Attack again! But 17, that's another hit. 17, yes. 7 damage. So you, like, slice into the... The, the radiator, and then with the second attack, you like twist it, twist your sword, and it knocks the whole radiator off. And then it's just dumping coolant out, which was pressurized because of 
you know, being heated to a red hot, a red hot metal fridge. That, yeah, that tracks. Fridge isn't looking great. So now it is on to Joseph Thorne. Joseph is unconscious on the chair that he was knocked down to, but his mouth opens and clawing out from his oh, mouth, God. his jaw distends. A polar bear tears through his entire body and runs at the fridge and clawing and biting and grappling with the big metal beast and the destroyed husk of Thorn's body uh, melts into mud on the chair. That is my that is my wild shape. Derek begins screaming uncontrollably. I what? That polar bear killed Agent Thorn. Oh my God! Is he that stupid? He's not not stupid. He would never ever see. Why would he ever think that you just turned into a polar bear? I mean, you know. Didn't you read it in his file? I didn't. I forgot to bring up wild shape. Because I was looking at spells instead of abilities. Being capable of animal transformation is not the same as a polar bear is going to explode out of your mouth. It's got to be some cool way. I know. It is very cool. I I like it a lot. I don't think Derek would understand what just happened. It's okay. Like in a Mortal Kombat fatality, I'm only going to do it for like a few seconds and then I'll shift back. Sure, yeah. Since it takes my action to wild shape. Instead of instead of doing a mechanical attack, I'll do a thematic attack of yeah. of slamming and grappling into the fridge with yeah. my large bear form. No, I like it. Right. And You're also the rest of the fridge. Yeah. I know that polar bears have different stats. This is thematically the equivalent of the I think it's the brown bear, but the idea of the polar bear fighting a refrigerator it's is fucking, too good. It's hilarious. <laughs> so next up is the fridge. And so the fridge or just got backswiped, and its radiator was cut off. So it is going to slide back quickly at Derek and try and pin you between the counter and itself. So it's going to make an attack roll. Oh, nice. So what happens is the fridge, this thing is just so freaking heavy. It rushes back at you, and it pushes you, but you're able to hop up so that you hop onto the counter as it slams into the counter. And it can't go further back. No, the fridge will have another attack, which is that it's just going to start popping the doors at the polar bear. So, <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, it's just flailing its doors. It is able to dodge the fridge doors. Meat's flying out. Um, you know, half-baked meat and <laughs> stuff. It's it's. it's you know, oh, it's, God. it's really turning oh into a... Uh, it's rough. Yeah, it's throwing like half-baked like, you know, uh, you know, ch- lamb chops and stuff all over the floor. Delicious. There's it, sticky plastic coming out as well, but it's yeah, like... Oh, uh, yum. That's all, yeah, with the Some smoke from the burned plastic. Yeah, it's the 70s. It's the gross 70s, not the hip disco type. All right, let's go back downstairs. At one point, Derek screams... Derek screams bloody murder when Thorn turns into a polar bear hacking at the at the fridge, right? And you hear the yeah. polar bear roars. Yeah, and <laughs> that, do, it, that do I bear, know? That bear like, Ugh. 
You're like, okay, I gotta go check on the kids. That's what... exactly. And I feel like, like I probably know that Thorn can do that. Oh, but yeah, I know I that so. he only does that if there's like something to fight, and it sounds like it's getting pretty hairy. So I'm gonna head upstairs, but first I'm going to turn to Rathina. I don't know. She's probably like listening to these um, sounds of battle upstairs, and is like my little little nervous or something. But I'm just gonna say. I've got some friends up there and it sounds like they might need a hand. I'm going to be right back, okay? But got I'm not going to leave you alone and unprotected. And I take the red cord and I cast Death Ward mm. hmm. on Rathina, which basically, I mean, because she's only got one hit point, so this will take any instance of damage um, instead of her getting injured, basically. You get scared at all, you just grip this cord, okay? I'll be back real soon. And then I head upstairs. Yeah, I think we can get you to the upstairs where you open the door. There's a big slice in the door, but you open it and you see the polar bear grappling with the fridge, which is all burnt and smoking. There's meat flying everywhere. And Derek is crouched on the counter behind the fridge. Everyone is mid-motion. This is the scene that you see. All right, it is uh, Derek behind the fridge. Okay, so sitting up at the counter, Derek says, Okay, remember your training. One thread at a time. And he will turn his attention to the fridge below him, and I'm going to try to shish kebab this sucker from from freezer to fridge. That is a 16 to hit. Yeah, that hits the, the, the fridge. Here I am rolling the correct die. Ooh, that's 11 damage. 11 damage? Okay. How's it doing? It's still alive? Um, it's looking pretty bad. All right, then we're gonna... The sword is impaled through, and we're just gonna... We're gonna... Whatever, we're gonna slice it open. Here we go. That's a... Another roll 20! So double the damage dice. Five is 10. Okay, yeah, you... You jam your sword out through the side and it slices the one of the one of the doors comes flying off you know for good and yeah it slices clean through it and uh yeah if if whether or not it's done right now i i'm assuming the polar bear is going to tear it apart so why, why don't we let the polar bear finish it off i will do just that in my polar bear rage I just want to, I get a claw attack, a bite attack, I get all kinds of things. I just want to, I just want to bang this thing up. I want to pull all the, the metal trays that hold the food out of it. Yeah, get them out there. I want to, I want to go nuts on this thing. Do you want me to actually <laughs> roll attacks or do you want me to roll for like how much I fuck it up? Yeah, just roll the damage for how much you fuck it up. Cause Okay. Eight damage with the claws. I'm tearing at the door, or the uh, I guess the freezer door is still up on it. I want to tear that off, and then uh, seven damage with the bite. So I'll just I don't know, put some teeth marks in it. You know, yeah. Bear rage. Bah. The fridge loses its animation and is all torn to pieces, and there's a huge mess in the kitchen now. Uh, the the partially fried meat is everywhere. I'm gonna say you're out of combat with the fridge. 
I love that I got right upstairs and just saw the tail end of this, which is a bear just ripping apart bridge. You know, that's, that's good, good enough, too. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened up here, but uh, we've made a new friend. And I turn around and walk downstairs, I guess. The polar You're bear. You're still a polar bear, right? Yes. The polar bear looks up to, to Derek and nods and walks down the stairs into the basement. <laughs> Derek has maintained a self-defense sword stance this whole time. It's just tracks the polar bear going down. Thorn, is that you in there? I can't talk. I'm a polar bear right now. I know. Yeah. Do you make All any right. kind of acknowledgement of that statement? I did. I nodded at you. Yeah, it's just a thing he does. Oh, yeah, of course. All right, then. I'll did you read his file? Away. I mean, it's all in there. I, I mean, when it said animalistic characteristics, I thought it just sort of meant a general savagery. That's racist. Well, they gotta well, stop. Too. They gotta stop redacting so much in those documents. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. So much red tape. I'm just shaking oh, my head, and I guess like we made it downstairs. So I, I walk back up to Rathina, who I'm assuming still has her eyes closed. Yeah. Yeah. Go up to her and, and just kneel down and say, "Hey, Rathina, I'm I'm back. I've got some friends with me. Behind me is is Derek, and to his right." is Joseph. Remember, I, I'm Bannadin. We're not going to hurt you, okay? I uh, think you were about to tell me how you got here. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I came over for a party. It was, we were going to play, play bridge and have fun 70s cocktails. How, how old is this person if they were coming to play bridge? I mean, it's hard to tell because they're screwed out, but they're not like a kid. They're like 30s or 40s. People play bridge. Bridge is just really complicated. It is. In the 70s, bridge was like the hot new game. I guess so, yeah. Uh, who who invited you to this bridge party? Did you did you know them? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was someone from work. We worked together at the the, the toll booths. Him and his wife both work there. They work in the next toll booth over from me. Y'all, this is an invigorating conversation, but maybe it's time that we take Rathena back to headquarters, get her in front of a sketch artist, and get out of this house where the objects are very clearly trying to kill us. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> Y'all, are you sure that's Thorn? Yeah, it's Thorn. Yeah. <laughs> I will take your word for it. Yeah, so she says, you know, I could definitely pick him out of a lineup. And then she like reaches up to her eyes and she's like, why can't I see anything right now? Is there, is it dark? Uh, I'm not, I'm not quite sure yet. It, it might be a result of your, of your injuries, but we've got, we've got great doctors back at our, our headquarters and they can, they can take a look at that. Are you okay with going with us? Yes. I mean, you, you brought me back to life. You're not part of... Part of the cult? Oh no 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 no! I'm a, just I'm I'm a priest, but not of the cult. No. Uh, uh, okay. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yes. We we can go back. I can't. I can't see. And then she like opens her eyes, and there's no eyes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's I, the I don't reaction. know if you guys are that freaked out. Were those in-character screams? Was that the 
the bear making that noise? <laughs> no, that's no. Tommy and Morgan. No, that was <clears throat> that was us as our other characters, which are ourselves watching this TV show. <laughs> that's right. She is still like like the carpet's grown into her a little bit because it was like in the process of like digesting her. And so she tries to get up, but you know, it's like she's glued to it from kind of like kind of like the back of her legs. Here, sweetheart, let me help you out with that. And I will take one of these ceremonial daggers out and cut leg-shaped pieces out from the carpet so she can yeah, walk around. You can cut any of the excess carpet. Yes. Yes. I am going to remove right. the excess carpeting. Not with that dagger, you can't though. You like try and saw it and it won't it won't cut the carpet. Hmm. Oh. These daggers only hurt the living. Let me get out the old scalpel, and I pull my giant sword off my back yeah. and uh, go at it with that. Um, yeah, that'll that'll cut the that'll cut the carpet. Okay, and I will carefully so, place the sacrificial dagger back in its little baggie. She's free now, and I would say let's zoom, 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 jumping forward. You guys now got to do the proper containment, both of any dangerous items. And also people having, you know, maybe been disturbed or alerted, then head back to headquarters. Get back upstairs, take Rathena, and you put her in the back of the car, and you guys come back in to clean up this mess. I suppose I'll get in touch with the cleanup crew so they can get those bodies out of the basement. I didn't see any bodies I could verify as Neptune Squad. Did you, Blue? Well, no, but Agent Breakstone, the protocol states that we should retrieve all potential previous agents for repurposement. Besides, we'll need to contain, bag, and tag pretty much this whole house here. We're going to have to call in some kind of cleanup. Uh, Breakstone's sort of like clenching his fist and like biting his tongue. Um, but internally, he knows that he needs to play this careful because if if Blue like reports him which it's starting to look like he might mm. if, if oh he, he will too many, Ooh, too yeah. no, so that's um, a good conflict. yeah mm. so so Brayson sort of just like clenches his fist and goes i hear you agent blue so why don't you go outside and uh and do that why don't you go contact the the cleaning crew we'll uh we'll keep sweeping in here so yes sir and blue goes to the car to contact cleaning crew very relieved not to have to go back into the house as you head out to the car, you see that there's a bunch of neighbors that have congregated down the street because of all this clanging and banging. And as you come out, a dark figure approaches you. Do you have dark vision? You don't have dark vision. I remember that. Oh, don't. I'm a regular human. A dark figure approaches you. Hey, hey, stop. Who is? Who are you? Good evening, sir. My name is Dark Blue with the BFA. I flash my badge. I'm sorry about all the ruckus before. There was a uh, bit of an infestation of large rodents in this house that we just had to take care of. Uh, I do apologize for disturbing your evening, but uh, nothing to worry about. Please do. Uh, as you're talking, your they they come like out of the shadows, and it's a uh, it's it's actually a lady who is holding a gun and not pointing it directly at you, but like, you know close enough that they can like easily swing over is this a handgun or like a rifle it's like a shotgun it's like the standard i i'm in a you know i'm in the suburb shotgun okay gotcha rodents 
You're telling me this is rodents? Yes, ma'am, some, some very serious rodents, but uh, nothing that will threaten the rest of the neighborhood. We've got it totally in control. And may I just say, a fine choice of firearm, the Huntsman 32, perfect for home and recreational use. All right, I have an important question, which is, Morgan, did you come out of the house as a bear? No, I'm in the house. I'm, I'm about to pop out my loaded gun while Tommy's having this interaction. <laughs> The neighbor approaches, and the other neighbors are getting a little closer in the background. Not in a threatening way, but in a, like, more comfortable moving in on you guys' territory. And the lady looks into the car. So what happened to her? Was that rodents? Uh, she went down to the basement to see what was up with all the noises she was hearing. And would you know what? The dang thing swarmed her, knocked her right over. It's a good thing that we showed up when we did, or she might have been in serious trouble. Yeah, you gotta make a deception on I that. Figured I would. Yeah, I let the rodents one slide, but that's like a whole story. Yes, <laughs> that is a lying. Thirteen. I'm gonna say that's not enough to sell the rodent story, mm -hmm. but it's it is enough to make her not think that you are the bad guy in this. Okay. In the dark living room, I will end my wild shape. The two human hands will push through the open oh. mouth of the polar bear, stretching its jaw, and then a naked Joseph Thorne crawls his way out from inside of the, the polar bear, and I'm screaming. I was going to say, reborn. is it loud? Oh! <laughs> 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm standing naked. Covered in, I guess, blood, <laughs> and the 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 empty the empty skin, the hide of the polar bear, rapidly decomposes behind me on the carpet. And I'd like mm. to assume that the townspeople hear me yell. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. They've been the lady with the gun is like, I tell you, this house. I don't know who you people are, or what your what your thing is, but. There's some weird people going in and out of here. And this right here has got to be about the weirdest I have ever seen. And that was a scream. And then she makes her way off towards the front door of the house. Oh, ma'am, I'm, I'm going to need you to stop right there. There's some s still many dangerous rodents down in the basement. It's not a safe place for civilians. As I power walk after her, I assume she's walking. I almost, unless she's she walking. No, okay. she did not sprint. That's, um, even white people know you can't do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, I'm gonna do the little jog actually, and try to like get around in front of her and be like, you know, I'm sorry, man, but it's it's still dangerous down there. That's one of our cleanup agents. It sounds like he either stubbed his toe or got bit by one of those dang rodents. I know it's a very strange and disturbing situation, but it's a good thing your friends at the BFA are here to take care of everything. BFA, I've heard of you guys, but you know what? I'd like to see for myself that there's not something nefarious going on in here, cause. That poor thing out there, something happened to her, and I don't think you're telling me the truth about it. And she rings the doorbell. I would like to answer the door. You can. I would like to slowly open the door, naked, covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> and when I see the lady, look down at her and say, It's rodents. <laughs> And I would like to intimidate her. Uh, yeah, yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> take it. Uh, take. How uh, tall take, is your? I was gonna say, yeah. How tall are you? 
Let's just say he's as tall as I am. So like six three. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, I'm gonna say because because you added the blood, do advantage. Why not? Great. That's, yeah. Good. Yeah. That is a sixteen. She's like, okay. Well, I I guess maybe must be badgers or something. <laughs> she slowly backs down the steps and down the driveway, and she doesn't fully leave because she stays within sight of the car but Mm. backs away have yourselves a a lovely evening now thank you as this is happening so breakstone wanted to get derek out of the house purposefully he wants to light the basement on fire he wants to go down to the basement collect the rug that rathina was on as like a piece of evidence for you know getting the rug Mm, yeah burn everything else nice set a fire to burn everything else um i don't really have like a spell or anything to do that but i'm assuming i have like a torch or a match or I mean, a lighter I'm, yeah you gotta oh, have yeah. a match or a lighter a road flare whatever. i mean this is the 70s i'm sure that you smoke like more than a pack a day yeah i was that's, gonna say everybody <laughs> everybody smokes yeah yeah yeah. so i am i light a cigarette and uh, i'm just puffing on it with no hands like as i either drag the other one up the stairs or carry it over my shoulders and then i just drop it with a thump in just in front of the the stairwell and then like a real cool guy i just flick the cigarette down on top of one of the open rugs it does light because you didn't pour any gasoline or anything it's Mm -hmm. not like Mm a you're not walking away from an explosion putting sunglasses on like my good friend agent blue i just gently closed the door behind me Perfect. Now we're talking. <laughs> Very good. And you're there. You close the door to the kitchen. The kitchen's, you know, filled with baked meats and, and plastic <laughs> TV meals. Honestly, it's no surprise if the house were to light on fire. Yeah, it's not. I imagine I'm kind of dragging the rug towards the front door as like this thing with the neighbors more or less wrapping up. Let's say that, yeah, the neighbors are the neighbors have retreated and you guys are all three at the entranceway again. Just uh, thought I'd get a start on getting some of this evidence out of there. Oh, yes, of course. I'm sure the cleanup crew will appreciate you doing a little legwork for them. I, f- I forgot to call them. Let me just go back and do that. I'll jog over to the car. All right, yeah, you, you get in the car, you slide into the passenger seat where, and uh, punch the button for calling the cleanup crew. And as you're there, a, another printout comes from the, the fax machine in the center console. What do we have here? All right. It's very short. Addendum. Tertiary objective. Retrieve the lamp. Item redacted, redacted, is believed to be located inside location 03116. Hmm. All right, then. Pretty straightforward. I can't imagine anything will go wrong here. I'll uh, take that take that new fax and bring him over to my compatriots on the front porch. Yeah, you're there. Uh, fellow agents, it seems that we've been given a tertiary objective. And I show them the paper. Mm, yes, this is object with power. Thorne, do you, do you think it's uh, just that lamp that was in the living room? Mm, yes, there was feeling. <laughs> y'all, y'all aren't here to see the hand motions, but it really, it's really selling this experience for me. I know exactly where that lamp is. I'll, I'll go grab it. I'm assuming it doesn't take me long to fetch a lamp. No, yeah, you, um, you go into so the I, living room. I unplug said lamp yep. 
Yep, the lamp unplugs. And then I uh, pick it up and take it back outside. All right, yeah, you can put it in the car. I think it's time for me to start consecrating. I think I'm just going to begin uh, doing hand motions and, and speaking in various languages. I don't have my items with me, so I can tear off like a branch from like a bush. I'll have I'll have two branches from bush, one in each hand, and that is what I will start to do my rituals with. I'll start to do like the air traffic controller things with them <laughs> and like dance around. Muskina Yablika Yashkonoske Wodayaya Oh I guess uh, I guess it's consecrating time, I'll just you do your thing, I'll just I'll be in the I'll be in the car. Let, let me know if you need anything. You can also help with this. It's not a real magical ability, so... Okay, so I pull out more red cord from my pocket. I kind of have a lot of it. And I just start laying it around, like, the perimeter of the property. Basically, red cords spooled around... I don't know if I have enough to cover the whole house, but at least, like, blocking the street from, like, the front entryway to sort of make a boundary. So I, I sit in a lotus pose. I'm not actually, like, saying anything out loud. I just look like I'm, like, in really, really deep meditation part of my ritual is like praying to Ilmater for the the burning of the basement to like to go well so you guys finish up your consecration just as uh fire pops out of a window and like kind of over the back of the roof and with the uh, the rug and the lamp and the trunk you can pull away from the house as the flames pop out another window as you guys pull away you see the the cleanup crew big bread van pull in and that you see them kind of get out in their suits and look at the house as the roof fully <laughs> catches on fire fellow agents how, how do i even fucking react agents breakstall agents thorn uh, i can't help but notice that your consecration seems to have set the house on fire is that like a metaphorical magical flame ah uh, consecration fire is True, clean, is natural. Yes, but what about what about the bodies in the basement? What about all the objects that we were supposed to recover and contain? Kind of, I mean, our role in this is pretty much over, Derek. It's going to be up to the cleanup crew to pick over what remains. But I, you know, I think we've done pretty well. We've got, you know, we've saved someone here. We've got some evidence with the rug and the lamp. I, th- I think we can, uh, we can feel good about what we've accomplished here today. Yes, cleanup crew can scoop ash. <laughs> scoop ash? This is this is all highly irregular. We are not supposed to destroy evidence. We are not supposed to destroy anomalies or objects. Save it for the report, Blue. You'll have plenty of time to air your grievances. Test, 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 mic test. Very good. Pluto Squad will be back in the Bureau offices shortly, and we can properly interrogate them about the mission. Next time on Day Players.